Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. From time to time, I will cover a letter that is usually written by a priest or bishops or cardinals that are often addressed either to their brother bishops or to the laity. But once in a great while, some prominent layperson will issue a letter that is of public, well, interest, we'll say. And I don't usually like to record those kind of things, but sometimes they're just that important that I can use my platform, such as it is, to give them a, as the kids would say these days, a signal boost. So it's what we're going to do today. What I have is an open letter to the bishops written by an Italian Catholic. It's written in Italian, but we are going to use the magic of internet translation protocols to make it so that you can understand what is being said here. And so we are going to, without further ado, get right into the letter. It is written by Don Francesco D'Erasmo, so it's actually written by a priest. It's open letter to the bishops. Open your eyes. As published by Marco Tosati on his blog in Italian, but here we are using an English translation system. Most Reverend Excellencies, when I was a child, I used to frequent a parish not very close to me, in Milan, and to reach it I had to cross a neighborhood where every week there were various different kinds of bad things happening. Already at the age of seven, my parents made me go alone, so much so that after an attempted bad thing against me, they had to encourage me because I myself, although enthusiastic about the sense of freedom I experienced, was afraid. I had done the shopping and other children, not much older than me, wanted to take away the rest of my money. One day I heard my mother talking to some acquaintances who were amazed at her way of doing things. Why didn't she protect a small child from the dangerous metropolis? I remember very well that she replied, This city will not improve. If he doesn't learn how to grow in the world he lives in, he won't be able to face life as an adult. Only then did I understand that she was actually no less afraid than me, but she had made a difficult choice for my sake. Dear bishops, who from Jesus have received the task of administering his goods on his behalf, just yesterday in the Novus Ordo Mass, the Gospel, see Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30, reminded all believers, priests, and in particular to you, who cannot have fear as a criterion for the administration of the goods entrusted to us. In this terrible moment in the life of the Church, the more you perceive the gravity of your responsibility, the more you run the risk of confusing fear with prudence. Not so much the fear of harmful consequences on you. Of course, unfortunately, many bishops live from this fear. But I am convinced that they are not even reading these lines of mine. The subtle risk instead is that of the fear of creating a scandal. Unfortunately, this fear has not prevented the worst and most serious scandals that are driving millions of faithful away from the Holy Catholic Church. We need to look this fear in the face and grasp the lie that animates it, so as not to act like the servant who hides his talent. The fear that allowed the bishops of the 1960s and 1970s to fall into many traps designed by those who had already penetrated the ranks of the ecclesiastical hierarchy to destroy it, was the fear of no longer being able to transmit the gospel. Everyone knows the famous clown story from the young Professor Ratzinger's introduction to Christianity. The fear that then prevented the bishops of the 1980s, up to the first years of the century, from intervening to correct where necessary, the members of the Catholic movements that were dragging multitudes along, was the fear of distancing from the church precisely these Christians who were approaching also for a misunderstood harmony with the Pope who evidently showed his support for these multitudes. The Pope, however, did not ask to give free rein to the imagination, 
to throw away everything that had been not generated ex novo in these movements, but to accompany these multitudes with apostolic charity. Instead, the bishops spoke badly behind their backs and exploited the convenience of large numbers. The fear that grips bishops today who are beginning to understand that the confusion is total and the faithful are moving away precisely where they were under the illusion of bringing them closer is the fear of frightening the faithful and generating division. Obviously, many other fears could be listed, but essentially all the fears that have animated these decades from the post-conciliar period today can be traced to the fear that people will leave. The fear of scandal. But is it possible that it isn't clear to you that this very fear has caused the faithful to lose their attraction to the church? Can't you see that the Pope, friend of the world, praised by the media, friend of the poor, is the Pope who has no one in St. Peter's Square? But are you really like the blind man of Jericho in today's gospel? Forgive my bluntness, but it really isn't acceptable not to see the facts. During the events of 2020, you were afraid that the faithful would move away from the church because the church was not prudent enough with health, and the result is that the masses everywhere abandoned attending mass. Open your eyes. Today's man is in the time of Jesus, as in every era of history, thirsts for truth. If faced with a pope who surrounds himself with corrupt people and makes them cardinals and heads of departments so that they promote sin and wink at the single religion and the plans of the powerful, you are afraid to say that salvation is only in Jesus Christ, true Son of God, whose words will never pass away, then be sure that no one will follow you. And those who use your apparent prudence to manipulate you when they have taken a few more steps in the work of destruction will throw you in the special waste as they do with those who were the subject of the Moloch ritual they offered to the enemy of God. But are you afraid that the church will divide, go into schism? But there is not a single parish on the face of the earth that is not already divided. What is the use of the appearance of unity? When what for one is a sin, according to the apostolic faith, for another is a right, for another even a wealth to be exploited. What unity can be there when there is no true and false? Jesus made it clear that he did not come to bring peace but the sword. Or have you decided to, to join the James Martin Bible, soon to be published by the Dehonian of Bologna? Do not be surprised if the world hates you, says Jesus. Before you, they hated me. I hope that many of you still believe that the Gospel of John is authentic and not an editorial jumble, as the professors of your seminaries teach. I don't know if there are the material means to recognize Bergoglio's inadequacy for the papacy in his magic circle, but certainly all of you have been warned. If you don't act as toadies, as unfortunately almost all of you are doing in transforming all diocesan activity into this absurd ballet of the Senate, if you do not propagate the end-of-decade program, if you do not adhere to the ideology of the flesh and the education of children, if you do not support pro-James Martin initiatives, if you do not persecute traditional Catholics in the usual mass, at the very least you'll end up like Strickland. But be careful. Even those who played along when they said enough were thrown out, even the cardinals. Therefore, take out the gift of fortitude from the handkerchief with which you buried it and proclaim the truth. The truth which is Jesus Christ, not Vatican II. There is certainly no need to fall into the mistakes of those who have lost control due to exasperation. Everyone knows that the Novus Ordo Mass, despite all the problems associated with it, is perfectly valid, as well as every Mass in which the name of Francis is pronounced in the canon. We know well that not everything that has happened since the Second Vatican Council is necessarily bad, ju just as it is not necessarily good. We all know that the UDG 78 guarantees the validity of jurisdiction even in the case of an evidently heretical and excommunicated pope, admirably applying the principle of supply the church supplies, leaving no room for unresolved theological disquisitions. 
The problem is not to make a revolution within the revolution, but be bishops, fulfill Jesus' mandate, proclaim the truth and do not obey orders contrary to the law of God and the tradition of the church. Allow priests to carry out their mission in peace. Stop running away from the wolves and being afraid of slanderers. Your fears are sadly reminiscent of today's first reading from the Maccabees. It seems that you also believe that the curse has fallen onto the church because you do not follow the customs of those who are not Catholic. This is the terrible tragic lie that is propagated with the diabolical expression, Spirit of the Council. Instead, the real evil that has befallen the church is infidelity to the covenant, to the new and eternal covenant in the blood of Jesus, outside of which there is no salvation. But as her uncle said to Esther, know that even if you do not do your duty for which the Lord placed you where you are, salvation will come to the people of God from the Lord. Don't let yourself be excluded. Lastly, I ask your forgiveness with, for which the harshness of these words, but the word of God asks us not to have anything in our hearts against our brother without openly reproaching him. I am sure that I am expressing not only what is in my heart, but what a multitude of faithful try to express without often finding the right channel. Having recently received the undeserved gift of relative visibility, I do not wish to keep this talent in my handkerchief, but to spend it for the good of souls and the glory of God. In faith, your most devoted Don Francesco de Rasmo, Deputy and Parish Priest of the Cathedral of Tarquina. Signed in Tarquina, 20th of November, 2023, on the eve of the presentation of the Most Holy Mary. That's an important letter, reminding the bishops to find their spines, to stand up for the truth, and to remember that the gospel comes from Christ and not the spirit of Vatican II, or the spirit of the world, spirit of ecumenical dialogue and inclusion, and all that other stuff. That the gospel is their primary concern, because the gospel is the key to the salvation of souls. Would that they remember their duties, even if it means that a few more of them become like Bishop Strickland before this is all said and done. What do you think of this letter? It's translated from Italian, so of course the English isn't as accessible as we might expect in letters from, say, a Bishop Strickland or some other English-speaking prelate. But I think it's very clear what he's saying. Do not get sucked up by the spirit of the world and the spirit of the revolutionary spirit in the church. Stand up for the truth, or you will stand before the Lord one day and have to make an account of everything you've done. And you, may ha you will have a hard time explaining to our Lord what it is you are doing. Let me know what you think of that letter in the comments, please. I'll have it linked to my show notes today at returntotradition.org. So have a look at that. And let me know what you thought of this. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.